What's up, everybody? This is Scott Lees, founder of Scott Lees Consulting, Surf and Sales, and co-founder of Thursday Night Sales. If you want to learn how to level up and be successful through masterminds, listen to my good friend, Brandon Straza with The Mastermind Effect. You love to learn, grow, and improve yourself, but you're still not where you want to be? The right mastermind can be the ultimate secret weapon when it comes to personal development, but trying to find the one that's built for you isn't always easy. Welcome to The Mastermind Effect, the one and only show that focuses on helping you cut through the noise, invest in yourself, and move past your natural limits. This is everything you need to know about masterminds, brought to you by your host, Brandon Straza. Hey everyone, today we've got the founder of Scott Lease Consulting, Surf and Sales, and co-founder of Thursday Night Sales, Scott Lease. We dive into how he's utilizing his 61,000 connections on LinkedIn to build his company and work for himself. He talks about the reason you should leave people behind that don't fit your future trajectory. And one simple step you can take today to increase your network and sales. Check it out. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the show where you know I believe the only way to unlock your potential is to tap into the experience of others. And today, to help us do that, we've got the founder of Scott Lease Consulting, Surf and Sales, and co-founder of Thursday Night Sales, Scott Lee. Scott, welcome to the show. How's it going, man? I'm doing good, Brandon. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Hey, when the listeners out there realize all the thought bombs and nuggets that you're delivering to them today, and they want to either reach out and work with you, or they just want to get to know more about you, where's the best place for them to personally or business-wise reach out and uh, connect with you? The easiest place is probably just on LinkedIn. You know, I, I have my hands in a lot of different cookie jars right now, but uh, all of them are listed on my LinkedIn profile. And uh, I'm super responsive and accessible on, on via LinkedIn. So happy to you know, connect with anybody and, uh, and have a conversation and see if I can be helpful. Yeah, and I can confirm that. That's, um, I was on one of your uh, mailing lists and I got value out of it. And so then I'm like, hey, I'm gonna reach out to him and see if he responds. And you immediately responded on LinkedIn. So I appreciate that. So please, everyone take Scott up on it. He's not joking. He will respond and communicate with you on LinkedIn. And you've got a very active uh, community out there. So, all right, let's dive into it. I believe the ability to learn and have access to different people has really changed over the last five, 10 years. When you and I were younger, it was teachers and textbooks. And then it's family, friends, and our coworkers. But that's like a sliver of what's possible. How has your learning changed from your early years versus today? Oh, man, you hit the nail on the, on the head. I mean, there was no such thing as LinkedIn, for example, when I was coming up. There certainly was not micro sales communities like Thursday night sales and surfing sales and some of the things I'm involved with, like Rev Genius. It's just that the level of accessibility you have to the greater sales and revenue and leadership community just can't be under, understated. So you know, at any point in time now, I have, I have roughly 61,000 followers on LinkedIn. That's 61. That's a, you know, that's a whole baseball stadium, three basketball stadiums and, you know, some NFL stadiums full of people that I can tap into and reach out to if I've done a good job cultivating and, and activating the network for advice, for help, for jobs, for coaching, all of this kind of stuff. So you the net that you're casting is bigger. The speed with which you can acquire new information has accelerated from, from all these different sources. 
I can go anywhere and look up content on cold calling, on closing, on leadership, on coaching, on scaling, on, you know, content creation, on brand. Like we're really only limited by, you know, how bad we want to make something happen and, and potentially by the size of our, of our network right now. It's just so there's never been an easier time, I think, to get good at whatever it is you're interested in getting good at. Yeah. And people are more accessible than ever before with what's going on still in the country. You know, by the time this airs, hopefully, Hey, the world has calmed and things are better, but people are more accessible. I mean, so you're, you're, you're 61,000 is a small city. Like I almost look at, I'm like, Hey, stadiums, it's a small city, man. And the amount of content knowledge help that not only are they probably able to give you, but you're able to help them access is, is enormous. And that comes with a lot of responsibility, knowing that you can affect that many people. So that's very impressive. And when it comes down to it. So I mean, we have, you know, talking about the amount of information people, we have more information than we can take in ever before. And it, it to me, it's, it can be a little confusing. Some people they learn from mentors, coaches, masterminds, accountability buddies, there's a lot of ways to learn. Who are you learning from currently? And more importantly, how did you connect with them? Man, what a good question. I am learning from a lot of entrepreneurs right now more than, than anybody else. I cut the cord and went into business completely for myself, I guess, 13 and a half months ago. So a year ago, last October, October 2019. And so I, you know, I've spent the last year plus building different parts of my overall you know, business. And I got a lot of different components that, that fall within there. So I've had a lot of conversations with, you know, folks like John Barrows, Amy Volos, Richard Harris, Dale Dupree, Jaco Vandercouge, Tony Hughes from Australia. A, a lot of people who are in, you know, the sales and, and leadership and consulting and advising, you know, world about what they did to be successful and are doing to be successful. I'm able to, I mean, I just look just through the power of growing my network on LinkedIn and just being bold and saying, Hey, I'd love to connect with you. You know, however many years ago it was, I connected with some of these folks, you know, just, just through that simple act of, of asking and then forming a relationship with them over time, right. Following their content, engaging with that content, you know, seeing them show up on mine and engaging it, you know, for, here's a, here's a good example. Like, I've known Amy Volos, you know, through LinkedIn for a number of years, a couple of years, maybe she came on my podcast earlier this year in, uh, in early March. And I had started a little happy hour with uh, my friend, Justin Welsh, who's a sales leader. And now he's in business for himself as well. And Justin couldn't make it. And I'm like, I don't want this virtual happy hour to stop. This is the birth of Thursday night sales. And just because I had been on I had Amy on my podcast. I was like, Hey, Amy, you want to like, you know, substitute basically. Well, Amy said, yes, came on. And like, we've done 40 episodes in a row this year. There's been like over 10,000 people who've come to our virtual sales happy hours. And, uh, and we have a really good relationship right now. You know, I, I consider her like a, one of my better friends and like a, a big sister in a, in a way, you know, like that's the power of, the network, if you're engaging with it and cultivating it and, and activating it, you know, the right way. And, you know, she's been in business for herself for a number of years. So I'm, you know, pandemic hits, I'm like three, four months into being in business on my own. And I'm thinking, okay, 
what, what are all those people doing? Right. And what am I going to do? So I hit the, I hit the like fast forward button. You know, I decided like, I don't know what else to do other than be everywhere all the time and run a million miles an hour. And a lot of these folks, they lost 25, 50, 75% of their business, like overnight, you know, from what they do. And what I do, you know, advising and, and consulting early stage companies and help them grow and scale sales orgs, COVID was a bit of a forcing function for, for me to help out. So I didn't have this dip. I actually accelerated. And so the, the relationship became, you know, bi-directional. So as I'm learning from them and the years that they've had ups and downs and how do I navigate this and how do I price this, they've started asking me questions like, how the fuck are you, you know, surviving and doing well? Like, what are you talking about? My buddy Richard is like, I don't even understand what you do. Like, what is happening? How do you do this? So I'm learning, I'm learning from people, you know, who, have, who are or have been where I want to go. And, and I think that's what's really important is like who you're trying to surround yourself with. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing. You didn't know any better at the end of the day. You didn't know that this should cause a dip in your business. I was talking and interviewing someone the other day that in March, they lost 80% of the revenue and made them reshape and think how they had to do. But you didn't have to reshape and rethink. You were just on a trajectory of what you were passionate, what you knew about and how you had seen other people become successful. Yeah. I got lucky, you know, got lucky a little bit. There's uh, so many people have been, have been hammered by this, yeah. this situation this year. And I'm just a little bit of the right place at the right time. But, you know, I'd also done almost 20 years worth of work in the trenches, right? Building and scaling sales orgs. It's not like I was an SDR for three months and then decided to build my consulting business. You know what I mean? And, and so there, there's something to be said for doing the work right? And, and having some track record of success and some modicum of, of expertise behind, behind you to give not just you, but to give others confidence that you know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I love hearing, and, and you're modest, how you explain where you're at, what you're doing, 10,000 people showing up on Thursday night sales call. I mean, like, that's amazing. And that's a testament to your 20 years previously and just grinding away at it. So, sure. you know, talking about just, you know, people in general, a lot of people, they get stuck and we don't know how to execute what's in our head. I'm sure that's kind of like where you come into play, especially with new businesses. We're still obviously going through a pandemic and I feel it's causing a reset in how we're able to accomplish things and become creative. How have masterminds or coaching helped you when you're looking to get unstuck and reset, reset that mentality to actually accomplish what you're building today? Well, I think for me, it comes down to diversification. You know, and, and if you have all your eggs in one basket of anything, very easy to get stuck to me or bored or, or, be, or have a lot of risk in your profile, right? The beauty of diversification is like, well, if this one thing falls to shit, oh, well, I'm fine because I've got these other things, these other revenue streams coming in. And it spawns creativity, right? And like, there was no business of Thursday night sales in 2019 or even in the first three months of 2020. Now it's a business, it makes money. In addition to, you know, having fun and helping all these people, the energy that one gets from that creative process, this new channel to pour myself into, can't be understated. And there's spillage and seepage that happens in other aspects of my business, right? 
now I have this Thursday night sales, which today just happens to be Thursday. So like I have this event tonight, right? I will be energized. It'd be like coming off stage if you ever played in a band, right? You come off stage and like, whoo, you're fired up, you're ready to go, right? And you ride that energy out late into the night sometimes or into, you know, a few days later. So come tomorrow, when it'll be Friday, when a lot of people might be like, oh man, I can't wait for the weekend. I'll be like, let's fucking go, dude. I'm ready to roll. I just had a conversation with like 200 like-minded, you know, individuals who are asking me questions and giving me ideas. And, you know, I'm connecting people all over the place. Diversification breeds creativity and that creativity brings in energy and passion. And then you turn that passion into to activity and action and off you go. Yeah. Have you ever found when you've got all that energy and it's, it's built up and then the people that might not have been on the call, but they're still in your life, family, friends, whatever it is, that, that energy, you have to like slowly release that energy to them because if they weren't involved in that call or they weren't involved in that experience, like they can't fully understand why you have, why you're just bursting with all this positive energy and feedback. Yes. Now I'm going to reveal a personal detail about myself. I have more or less left those type of people behind. I, those are not the people that I have surrounded myself with in my life. Friends, family, what have you. Because I don't release slowly. I don't have this valve that you're referring to. When I'm fired up, I'm fired up. You know, I have a very difficult time dealing with people who move slowly or who don't do what they say they're going to do. Now, for those who don't know me, you know, part of my story is that I spent four years in the hospital in my early 20s fighting for my life. I've had nine major surgeries, four life-saving surgeries, two of which were emergency life-saving surgeries, got addicted to opioids in the process, had to kick off of that. I lost four years. My sense of urgency and perspective is different than other people. I'm on borrowed time already. So... I'm not here to chill. <laughs> I'm not here to filter my enthusiasm. I'm here to get as much done as humanly possible, to do as much good as humanly possible. And if you can't handle that, then get the fuck out of my way. That's well said is it's not about that valve. It's about making sure you surround yourself with people that get it. They might not have been involved with the conversation, but they know when you're releasing that kind of energy, that momentum, that, you know, whatever that vibe is, they're like, hell yeah, I get to just be in that atmosphere, that circle. Let me soak that up. Cause you know what? I need a little bit of that today. Yeah. If not move over. That's right. That's right. Cause it's not my wrong time and wrong place, but it might be yours. Yes. And, but you're right. People do, people definitely do feel that they definitely do hold back and filter it. And look, you're going to get a lot of shit when you move at a particular speed and rate, you're going to get a lot of shit when you, start being more successful than, you know, your friends who got a better GPA than you or your family or your parents. Like, you know, do you remember the first time that you actually made more money than your mom or dad? I do. Like that, that's a, that's an actual thing, you know, that's a weird dynamic. Right. But I'm not, I'm not here to be overly concerned and worried about how everybody else deals with me and views me. I got, I got things to do. And I don't believe that I'm doing harm. I believe that I'm doing a lot of super helpful things. I don't want people to think that I'm not thoughtful in any way. I just don't have time 
for people who are not on my level. If you're not on my level right now, but you want to get there, I'll, I'll carry you. I will bring you along. But I'm, I, you know, you want to work like nine to five and 40 hours a week, punch in and punch out. Like I can't relate to that. I'm sorry. It takes you two weeks to make a decision about a $250 item. Fuck off. I don't have time for that. Like we got to move. Come on. You know, yeah. that's just how I, that's just how I operate, you know? And, and I do think that a lot of that is shaped by, you know, what I, what I went through. Right. We have a very limited number of opportunities in this life. And so I'm here to make the most out of every single one. Yeah. That's, that's, that's well said because you said it and that's what you believe in. And uh, if, if more people had that mentality is like, Hey, time is of the essence. Let's move the needle forward. As long as it's for something good, like you're building, then how, how can you complain with that? So, you know, moving kind of on into the world of masterminds, they've been around for a long time. Probably the first mastermind was the apostles. Then Benjamin Franklin, he creates something called the Junto club. And then Napoleon Hill writes this book and he explains really the concept of masterminds with this large boom of self-education, in my opinion, you know, these days, where do you see the difference or the dynamic shifting between self-education and standardized education wow. moving forward? Man, you're smashing me with these good questions today, Brandon. I'm my first place I went is is academia, and I'm and I'm thinking about my kids. To be honest with you, you know, I, I have a, a 13 year old who's in seventh grade in middle school, which he just turned 13 like two days ago. So happy birthday, bud! And an 11 year old who's in fifth grade, still in his last year of elementary school. And so when when you ask that question like that, I immediately go to them, actually, not me. And I'm thinking you know, is this self learning self taught trajectory that they're, they're headed down? Or is it the traditional route that you and I came up with where there's curriculum and it's digested at the same rate for everybody, regardless of how fast or slowly you're digesting it. I think that model is probably in big trouble if I had to, to guess the old model. And I think the newer model of, you know, dive deep into the things you love. Don't spend as much time on the things that you aren't into, move at your pace, appropriate pace for your learning style and ability. I, I think it's going, going that direction. And God, however much information and the speed and of delivery and the mechanism of delivery that we have now, however good we think that is, what, what is that gonna look like in 10, 20, 30 years? My goodness, right? Uh, maybe we'll get to that place in the matrix where he's like, you know, I want to know karate and it's like, pff, holy shit. He instantly knows karate, right? Like, I don't know. It sounds sci-fi, but who's to say we're not, not heading that direction. I, I, I think my kids and your kids will, will be learning in a, in a, in a totally different way than we are. Maybe we're getting a little bit of a sneak preview of it right now. You know, I mean, my kids have been learning distance learning, you know, all year. And, and they're not going back into the classroom next year at all. We've already made the decision. We've got like different classes and tutors that we put them in. And they're, you know, going, taking extra soccer lessons and baseball hitting lessons and all this stuff like that they wouldn't be able to do if they were in normal school times. They're still getting good grades. They're asking for extra work. Like they don't want to go back to the classroom, to be honest with you. And I, you know, I worry about the social kind of component of that a little bit, but they're like, what are you talking about, dad? I go to soccer practice four times a week and baseball practice three times a week. Like 
I'm around all these kids. I'm like, ah. So I'm wrestling with it, but their comfort level with, with it has lapped me already. And that might be a unique story. And I know there's a lot of people who are having a lot more challenging experiences with, you know, the learning environment and stuff, but I'm just speaking from my experience right now and what we're going through. Yeah. And I, I couldn't, again, I have to agree with you. I've got a six-year-old and we're talking about the, the company we're building right now, the success finder. And he knows the other companies that we've got, but he's like, He's six and he's like, who's your competition? Did you ever ask that question when you were six? No, he said, he said, well, who is what you're building for? And why is it that your competition has an edge against you? And I said, listen, I said, buddy, Liam, I said, when you're 16, I have a feeling we're going to be starting your first company by the time you hit 16. And I go with the mentality of the $30,000 experience. I'm like, listen, when you're ready for college, I'm going to have $30,000 in each hand. This $30,000 will help pay for your standardized education, which maybe lasts you a year. This $30,000 right here is going to be for you to either A, use my Rolodex cell phone or the success finder, and you're going to go pay people. This will last you at least two years, your room, your board, and paying the people to learn from that are currently doing it and already have done it. Which $30,000 do you want? Yeah. And let him make that decision. It'll be interesting to see what they, what they choose. I mean, they're, my kids tell me that they don't want to go to college. Yeah. And I'm like, and that like terrifies me to be honest with you. It shouldn't terrify me because it's not like they're, they're deadbeats. It's not, they're, they're like, they know more about business at their age than I knew till I was 27, 28 years old. Hands down, hands down. I didn't study business in academics in academia at all. I have a psychology degree and a religious studies minor, right? I never had a real job. I never worked in sales till I was 27 years old. These, these kids know more about that than, than I did at an early age. They're like... Because we're open about it. We talk about it. They're soaking it in. They're listening to everything. They are literally human recorders right there. They ask me questions about like, how much money did you make from this? And how, do you, how much money are you making from that? And why are you spending time doing that? And they're, they're learning all that stuff. They're consuming it. And I can hear their, you know, the gears grinding in their head, right? So that's, it's a, it's a really interesting question. Yeah, no, it's, we'll, we'll have to see. We've got, you, you've got a few less years than I do. So we'll round back as we're hitting the 16 to 18 age year <laughs> range. So when someone invests in their future, they have a better than vague idea of what they're going to get. They have an expectation of what the outcome could be if they actually put in the work and they actually do it. What should people expect when they enter Scott's reality and work with you? you no, know, number one, I move quickly. So I, I'm, I'm very accessible, I'm very responsive. You know, I, one of my friends teases me, says I text as much as a teenage girl. Like I'm, I'm just like, I fire it off quick. You know, you reach out to me, my response time is quick. I'm very process oriented, right? I, I wrote a book in 2017 called Addicted to the Process talking a little bit about, you know, my life experience and, uh, you know, my sales philosophy that I came up with called the addiction model of, of, of selling. So I'm very process driven. So I believe in getting, you know, what you know works out of your head and onto paper so it can be scaled and codified and, and, and replicated. So you're going to get, you get somebody who forces you to think systematically that way, right? If somebody says this to me, what should my response be? Okay, it's this. And that's awkward for a lot of people, you know, to try to get it out of your head and on, onto paper. But I, I kind of force you to do that. I'm very direct. I don't, I don't pull punches. 
call you on your on your stuff. But I do it with uh, you know peace and love, as my friend Amy Amy says. And I genuinely I genuinely care, man. You could ping any number of people on LinkedIn and in in my network and circle. And uh, you know I talked about this on on my friend Galen's podcast about legacy the other day. But all I all I care about is that when I'm dead and gone, you know, people are just able to say that guy helped me. That's all. That's all I want. I live by that that creed. You know, somebody tweeted something the other day. A sales uh, leader in the community tweeted something the other day about how disingenuous it sounds in emails when when people say, you know, let me know if I can help you. And I and I replied back saying, every single message I send over every platform ends with, let me know if I can ever be helpful to you. So I was kind of challenging him on that line of thinking, right? He wrote back and he said, listen, Scott, for every one of you, there's a hundred who don't do anything about it and don't mean anything, you know, behind it. But I really do. And so I genuinely am trying to care. I genuinely care and try to show that I care through my actions uh, about the people that I interact with and your success and your career and your life. Um, so that's what, that's what you're getting. Nice. Now, I feel that people have a way of surprising us, whether it's their willingness to learn, their drive, whatever it is. And the rooms that you put together, 61,000 large or 10,000 that have been to um, the Thursday night calls, you know, you're hand selecting, making sure who you surround yourself with. Give us a success story of someone that's been through your coaching program and what they were able to accomplish because they worked with you. My greatest success story is a, is somebody who's become one of my best friends, but 15 years ago, uh, he was released from prison. He was in prison for distribution of methamphetamine in the Bay Area. And uh, I hired him anyways, as an entry-level salesperson. I think we were paying $25,000 base salary at the time in the Bay Area, which even then, you know, you can't, you can't live on. And uh, people have always said, you know, why did you why did you, uh, why'd you hire this guy? Like, you know, he had a record. He'd never done like formal inside sales before. And during my interview with him, I, I had said to him, like, why are you, you know, why are you willing to do something now that you've never been willing to do before, basically? And he was, and he was just like, dude, I just need a shot. Somebody's going to get the best version of me that's ever existed, you know? And so I gave him a shot and he, he did pretty good ended up bringing him to the next company that I was at and then the next one. And then he moved from the Bay area to Texas when I did for an opportunity. And then he got into sales management underneath me. Then he became a senior sales manager. Then we moved again and he became a director. Now he's a VP of sales. He uh, is a VP of sales with a company of a couple hundred people. They're in mid low to mid eight figures in uh, in ARR. The guy's life has completely changed. He makes half a million dollars a year. He's got an equity stake. I mean, that is like the rags to riches type of inside sales story. And, you know, sales really can be a vehicle to, uh, to change your life, you know? And you teach somebody how to sell. You teach them, you know, how to get in the right mindset. You instill self-confidence in them. You work with them closely so they learn how to make better life decisions, not just better selling decisions. You work with them on, on how to lead and how to, how to manage and into the process and the numbers and the metrics. And you teach them these things. And then you watch them pay it forward 
And he now has his disciples, if you will, people who have come under, come from his coaching tree who are now moving and scattering about the, you know, sales community and the, and the landscape of startups. That's the success story. You know, that's, that's the legacy. I could go, I could go on about others, but that's always the one that stands out to me. You know, it's a great success story, a great legacy. And you didn't give up on that individual. I think more people, when they think about sales, are like, oh, I'm not a salesperson. Literally the one commonality I think the world, every human being has is sales. Yeah. When you get up, you got to sell yourself to brush your teeth, get ready, go do that. You get, when you drive to work, you got to sell yourself to make sure I've put on my turn signal because it's the law. So selling is around us. It's just how you take it in and then how you offer it to someone else. I love that. That's a great line right there. You should, you should clip that line for yourself, Brandon. And, and That's for you. That's for you. Trademark that one, dude. There you go. There you go. All right. So a few more questions. We're coming to the end here. When I work with one of my coaches, we talk about success and what does it take to be successful. In the solo shows, that's mainly what we talk about are the, the pillars of success. I believe that you know just a few of them are experimentation, partnerships, mentorship, willingness to fail. What do you feel? What is one core ingredient that you feel that it takes to be successful? I think if I had to pick one, I'd say shrinking the delta between idea and action. We all have lots of good ideas and then far too many people sit with those ideas and do nothing about them. You know, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story about this. I think in July, maybe of this year, my good friend, Kevin Dorsey sent me a text. I think I was like lying in bed. It's like 11 o'clock at night. I get this text message from him. Like, what's this dude texting me so late for? He's like, I wanted to check this out. And it's this thing called Patreon. And I'm like, what the hell is Patreon? And I'm looking at it and he's like loaded these, you know, sales essays and trainings, old trainings and teachings that he's done there. And I'm like, wait a second, you like people pay you money to access this stuff? Like, this is amazing. And I, and I, and I write him back and I'm like, how long have you been building this thing? He's like, oh, you know, a couple months, 36 hours later, I went live with my Patreon account. The idea came in. I'm like, this is fucking great. This is a new way to like make some money, a new way to coach and train and interact with people. Six months later, Patreon pays my mortgage and then some brand new revenue stream covers my mortgage. I've had conversations with other people in the community and they still haven't started their Patreon account for whatever reason. Maybe they're doing, you know, big things outside of there or whatever. But for me, I saw I this idea came to me from somebody else. So, what's, so I copied, copycat league, right? I'm like, oh, he can do it. I can do it. And I just moved quickly. And I think people spend way too much time deliberating on something and trying to make it perfect rather than just like, this is good enough. Good enough and go is something I say all the time. It's good enough. Let's go on to the next thing and iterate, you know, along, along the way. So I, I think one of the keys to success is shrinking the delta between idea and action. Yeah, absolutely. To me, perfection means you never took off the planes on the on the runway. So there is no such thing as perfection. I've been blessed to not possess this uh, perfectionism gene, you know, and I, I know some people have it and uh, I really encourage you to do some work to fight it and, and to disassociate from that perfectionism. So I don't, think, I don't think it does you any favors in the sales world. No, no, absolutely. So I feel there's always 
new ideas brewing in times of prosperity. It's like, it's easy to be successful when the world is successful. But I think ingenuity and creativity come when we start feeling squeezed like we are now. What are you working on right now that's going to take place over the next 12 months that excites you? Uh, well, my, my second book is coming out in uh, probably Q1 of next year. Um, it's called More Than a Number. And it's, it's about the life and times of a VP of sales and uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So I'm excited about that. I'm about to release an ebook that I co-authored about how to go from rep to manager. Um, and then, you know, to be honest with you, Brandon, like I haven't been surfing since late February and I am dying. And so I need us to be able to travel again so I can host surf and sales summits again. You know, we typically hold two to three a year and uh, I'm not playing like I'm going to go set up shop in Costa Rica for like four to six weeks and we're going to host like four to six surf and sales summits in a row. I'm super excited about that. And the moment I get confident, confident and comfortable that everybody will be safe, you know, the planning will go into that. And then the last thing I'd say is I did a really good job this year, in my opinion, of like way over achieving and excelling and hitting my goals. But I worked my ass off. And so year two for me is not about doubling my revenue. Year two as a solopreneur for me is about how do I maintain where I was while putting less effort in, but becoming more efficient with my time and more economical, right? That's kind of what I'm excited about and, and what, I'm, what I'm learning and, and trying to sort out right now. So those are a few things that I'm, that I'm working on and that I'm excited about and hopefully others can uh, get involved with as well. Absolutely. And my only thought on that one is, as as, as I hear that a lot more, as, as we start to grow and we have that impact, outsource. This is something that I need to learn. I have zero employees right now. And my work here is done. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I'm <laughs> kidding, of course. You are, you, are, you are not the first yeah. who has suggested that to me. Yeah, my sage advice for you. All right, last one. What is a, a tip, a tactic, an actual item that if they implemented this in the next 30, 60, 90 days, they could see some real results? Just grow the size of your network. That's the first thing that comes to mind. You know, I think you could send, let's say 30 days, okay? You could send comfortably 20 new connection requests per day. That's 600 more people, assuming everybody says yes. That's 600 people 600 more people in your network that you can learn from that might be able to help you or you might be able to help them. Incredibly rewarding. The, the ROI inside of your network is absolutely massive. That will help with deal flow. It'll help with career growth. It'll help with, you know, finding a new job, getting promoted, any, anything you can imagine. The opportunity in 30 days, add 600 people into your network activate those 600 people, those 600 people turn, if it even turns into one more deal, you're talking about thousands of dollars, you know, in commission probably for, for a lot of salespeople out there. So that's the simplest, easiest thing I can think of. I love the simplicity of it because someone can do that and they can start it today. They don't, they don't have to sit there and be like, can you show me the system? No, get your copy. So you bring in value to it and start connecting. So I love it. Simplicity and it's in its finest. So again, Scott, I appreciate it. We've got the founder of Scott Lease Consulting, Surf and Sales, and co-founder of Thursday Night Sales, Scott Lease. Scott, thank you so much for your time. 
Yeah, I had a lot of fun, man. You asked great questions. It was, it was a good, good show. Appreciate it. All right, thanks. Thank you for listening to The Mastermind Effect, your secret weapon for personal development. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to share with a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. And don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcast host so you won't miss a single episode. You're one step closer to experiencing the mastermind effect.